from the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone, and you've got OneRadioNetwork.com. It is a Wednesday morning, and it's the third Wednesday of the month, and that brings us to Adam Bergstrom, who's here on the first Monday and the third Wednesday. I don't know, we had a, we had a chairman of the board meeting, and this is what we came up with because we wanted him on twice because he's so fun. So stay right there. Adam's in the green room. He's got a story with uh, uh, his electricity that he wants to tell us, but we have lots to talk about. I have some questions with some things, strange things going on in my body. I want to get his feedback on. Things are moving. Something shaking, 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 bacon. If you'd like to be on the show this morning, you can do it, triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. The email is patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Oneradionetwork.com. Triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six. I'll check the check the phone line while first talking to Adam to make sure, but I'm pretty sure it's it's working. And uh, Mr. Bergstrom is a very interesting researcher. He's been at it forever. I think he's racked up about 80 Christmases and under his belt, something like that. How many Christmases do you have under your belt, Anna Bergstrom? 81. 81 Christmases under your belt. Oh, very good. As in the last show. <laughs> oh, as in the last show. That's right. This was your, yeah. It's kind of interesting, Adam. Well, anyway, I want to tell folks about you. You have two websites, SunSync Nutrition, and that's a pay-as-you-go baby, a $99 even if you live to 144, and uh, you know that's kind of a, a reasonable mm-hmm. goal. And by the time we get to 130, I guess that'll will push that up further. I don't know why. Why? Well, forget it. And then also SunSync Nutrition, where you get all of his his eBooks, and you can go in there for 10 or 15 or 20, whatever. They're different prices, and then you can uh, download these babies onto your little um, Kindle thing, which I'm figuring out how to do, and then you can read them. And have some fun. And you have how many books on your sunset? Uh, uh, it's approaching fifty. I'm working on one on copper now. And by the way, it's SunSync is the ninety nine dollar one. SolarTiming.com is the book. Okay, one. okay, I got. Oh, so yeah, SunSync is a ninety nine. You're writing one on copper. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that because people <laughs> have said, you know, how people they talk. You know, they talk. People talk. Yep. They, the people have often said to me over the years, as you know. You know, my hair is actually getting more natural color. It's crazy. But anyway, that they said the gray stuff was a copper imbalance. Do you think that's true? It, it has some validity, but not as much as you think. Oh, I've never met a person that's taken copper and gotten their hair to change color. Okay. So uh, it's not a copper so far, shortage, right? So far. It's not a copper yeah. shortage. Yeah. And it used to be associated with hair color more but now I've been studying melanin again, and they have new information about melanin. First of all, melanin is necessary for life, and we have all kinds of, of uh, melanin. It's been thought that it just had to do as a sun filter, but actually it's one of the most complex uh, molecules in the universe. And every animal, a tarantula, that's melanin. Even a polar bear skin is black underneath the white. It's melanin. And notice the black around the tiger's mouth, that's melanin. Camels, giraffes, everything. Redheads, melanin. Really? Melanin is necessary to convert 
solar energy into thermal energy and do a, many, many other uh, functions. So melanin is in the skin and it converts uh, the goodies, good stuff from the sun, Adam, to um, what we need, vitamin D and all kinds of fun, probably a lot of stuff we don't even realize, right, energetically from Mr. Sun. It's probably, we could probably live. So melanin of people, uh, um, black folks and um, Hispanics and darker skin, more melanin, do they e more easily soak up the goodies or less? Actually, a little less, uh, <laughs> but they're out in the sun more. Uh, nature has figured out that in the north, you tend to lose melanin. That doesn't always happen. If you look a lot at, at the Inuit, why are they so dark up there? And the truth is there's a lot of misinformation about both, both vitamin D, which, which is a complex. It's not a single vitamin. There's just not D2, D3. There's D4, D5, D6, D7 almost unlimited amounts of it and your skin is what produces testosterone and even adrenaline so really? we don't think about it as Whoa. adrenaline so the, so the skin so um wow so people blacks for example they actually we ran a, a video it was pretty cool on uh, this last hour about all these different doctors from around the world this whole COVID thing and uh, one, I think it was Blaylock was suggesting that black folks uh, actually have a more difficult time absorbing vitamin D from the sun than Caucasians. Interesting. They, they do because it's regulated. When you're in the tropics, you don't want too much vitamin D because it's damaging. Now, a lot of people go to the beach and they claim my vitamin D is still low. That's because they get melanin from the tanning and white people have the melanin on the outside, not on the inside. Black people get it in both places. It's inside the cell and outside the cell. Yeah. And whether it might be controversial, but melanin gives you speed. That's why there's so many really fast black athletes I'll because it gives you an advantage. Even tough. brown eyes makes you a quicker uh, quicker for martial arts. No kidding. That's pretty cool. So that's why these, these dudes can jump, you know, 40 feet and dunk a basketball and, and so many uh, black athletes are just fast, like football players. And they have a slight advantage, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is, a, like if you have a bigger muscle, so sometimes people get upset about uh, black and white and things like that. Back in the day, <laughs> Adam froze up. He's been having a little issue with his, um, actually he lost power since 7 p.m. last night and it just came back on and now as you can see, he's frozen in time. This is how you work with the idea that it's always now. See, Adam's just in the now. He has the phone number, and if this is going to be an ongoing thing this morning, he'll get him on the telephone. He's so much fun to talk to. Let's see if uh, he pops back up. We're going to talk to Joe. Oh, oops. Well, he, he popped on. Now he's going to come back on. Um, I don't think we want to do that. Let's, um, let's do this one. Uh, he'll, he'll come back on. Let's see if, uh, if it's going to work. 
We're going to talk to George uh, Wiseman later. We have a little special surprise for you to help you have an easier time of purchasing the AquaCure machine. That's coming up. Not sure when. I think probably around noon or so. We'll talk to Adam for a couple hours. Uh, let's look at the schedule to know exactly when we told George we were going to do it. Here's Adam's that, coming. That, whoa. Whoa. What's going on there? What? You lost it that again. That was something scurried this morning, but it's back. It just lasted a second again. So, oh, it's just kind of popping off a minute. So, if you see it freeze up again, that's the best thing to do is just um, log off like you did and log back on, and hopefully it'll be... Uh, I didn't even have to log back on. It did it automatically. <laughs> oh, did it really? I just it did that. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> so, so what was going on last night in California? Did the socialist, commie, globalist lefties uh, want to just give you a bad it's, hair day? Or? It's related. It definitely is related because uh, our power went off at 7.30 and sometimes we had a lot of wind. So we just assumed it was a general power outage. Don't worry about it. Go cat nap. Forget dinner because the oven went off. So we lay around in the dark. Finally, about <laughs> 1 o'clock, seemed to <laughs> be the lay around time. in the dark. It was we fun. called and it said, there's no power outage. So then we realized it was here on this property oh so Ned, we didn't know if it was in our little guest house or in the landlord's house so i went out and there's a gate here that works with electricity hmm. that's on their house so they were out too and what's happening is they're getting solar they got solar power and since they got solar power it's wreaked havoc uh with uh, it blew out our tv and all kinds of other things here but now I think they're finally getting out of control. They had to keep turning it off for a few minutes to uh, to calibrate it. Uh, that's not the problem today. It's something left over, maybe from the wind or whatever. Yeah, we had really, really strong winds last night. Yeah, we got a lot of wind here. I don't know what's going on. The winds of change. The winds. The of, winds of change. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's a it's one of those uh, sayings that we use in my path to Ekincar. You know, Adam. Um, it's really fascinating how when we say stuff, remember you were on the first, what was it, the 7th of February, I think, right? The first Monday. Yep. I said mm -hmm. something like, uh, you know, I'm doing my piggy thyroid and my my pulse is, remember, I, my pulse is like 60 and, you know, and Ray Pete would like it to be higher and, and all of that. So the next day, after you saying that, it's really interesting when you say stuff, right? <laughs> out in the, out in the, earth you know on the earth plane it's like my pulse started going up and two mm. days later it was like 78 which is 18 beats more per minute than normal and i could feel it i mean i could just feel that you know it just wasn't i just wasn't comfortable in my skin so i go whoa mm. what is that about so so i just dumped off the thyroid, piggy thyroid, and I've been on it every now and then I take a third of a dose. And and I think I'm just going to gauge my pulse. You know what I mean? I So so what I'm, my theory is, is that after taking the piggy, thank, thank you piggies, taking the piggies for three or four or five months that my thyroid has gotten actually 
stronger, you know, just by the piggy input. And now it's saying you don't need so much. Does that make sense to you? Is that that's that what makes Ray, sense to me? That would be my conclusion too. Yeah, and Ray Pete suggests that's what happens. He said oftentimes people do the piggy, and your thyroid just gets a little happier, and you just got to cut back when you know that you don't need it because you can feel it. Right? It, it might have even been on your show where he said even sixty is normal under certain circumstances. He did. He told me you know, that some athletes yep. get down to twenty-seven. I know. Again, this book of records. Yeah, he 40 told me. To 60 yeah. is common for athletes. He told me that. He said, well, you just probably have a strong heart. You know, I wouldn't, you know, if it's 60, go with that. You know, I've been rebounding yeah. for what, 30, 40 years? Come on. I mean, my little heart's got to be. But the heart is not a pump, so what does it matter, right? <laughs> it, it's both. Actually, the it's Chinese a- knew they had a heart meridian and a pericardium meridian. The heart meridian controls the arteries and the. And the pericardian meridian or the circulation sex meridian, uh, the veins. So you have veins and arteries, and they don't tell you that. So the heart is a ram pump. Ram pump. Water comes through it, but it can't possibly pump the blood through your entire miles and miles and miles. It just doesn't do capillaries and anastomoses and whatever else you got. So explain uh, what you're understanding, and certainly Cowan talked about it, right? He brought it out a couple years ago, the heart is not a pump. And... uh, um, a lot of folks, uh, Rudolf Steiner talked about it and other people. Um, and this is not something new. I mean, they knew a couple hundred years ago, right, that the heart. Well, well, first, they, uh, they, they knew that the heart had something to do with it. And one time they said it had nothing to do with it. But then they got uh, dogmatic the other way, because about, about the time of the Civil War, some people started protesting, saying, wait a minute, there's no way that little heart could do that. And in fact, one of the greatest runners of all time, uh, the Finnish Flash or something like that back in the day, he had a heart half the size of a normal average heart. Really? Wow. And he, and he could run faster than anybody. So obviously something else is going on here. And they had a man actually in uh, that's been written in a book by a me- medical doctor where there was a case of a man that didn't even have a uh, his heart was completely blocked up and he was alive and walking around. So how do they explain these How things? do you explain it? So what is your understanding of how the blood moves? Colin talked a bit about, was it the veins and the arteries? They have this uh, positive and negative flow with the blood and, the, and all that. Is that how it works? Actually, it's, uh, it's a plumbing problem. It's a plumber. When your plumber comes to your house, the first place he goes is the roof. Why does he go to the roof? Because a plumber knows that pneumatics controls hydraulics, meaning your breathing controls your liquid hydraulics. So your breathing is what does it. Without breathing, your heart's going to stop, guaranteed, much faster than it would if there was a hydraulic problem. So the plumber goes and takes that vent up on the roof and unclogs it so you can flush your toilet without the hydraulics. Now, I was lucky enough, I worked uh, part-time in high school in a liquor store. And the guy who was behind the counter, uh, besides me being at first the stock clerk, you know, uh, packing boxes and things, uh, he was studying plumbing. So I read his plumbing book. And I was fascinated by the idea that pneumatics drives hydraulics. So when Adonu told me the same thing, Adonu Lay, my mentor at the time, 
uh, told me about that, it made perfect sense. The breath controls the heart and the pumping. And so that is the system that's called circulation sex. And indeed, circulation sex meridian used to be the right kidney, which was called the door to immortality. Hmm. Because it's a very important meridian, and it's how you can get breath control without your heartbeat. In fact, masters don't need a heartbeat. They can they can have a beat every eight years, I believe, according to Donald Lay, something like that. Whoa. So I like to, I love to play around the Buteco breathing, uh, you know, in the middle of the night if I wake up and just see how long you can, you know, just barely breathe, you know, just kind of go, you know, just, you know, a little bit. It's amazing of how the difference between doing that and then going like, it's just a different thing, isn't it? It's just, uh, I don't know. I Not only that, but I, I can feel it when you do that. It's a consciousness thing. Hmm. Some of your audience may be able to feel it, but I've been around people who have that kind of breath control, and you feel it. It's like a wave coming at you when you do that. When and you, when other you, people, well, if you really notice, when they slow their breath down, suddenly something happens. Your field of vision actually changes. Yeah, well, you expand your consciousness, something uh, even when I've got a little pain or something from exercising in my leg or foot or something, and you do the buteco, you, I kind of leave my body a bit so I don't even feel the pain. And if you take a deep breath, right, like, you can feel the pain. So it's almost like if you breathe deeply, you're back in the body. And if you buteco, you're moving out of the body. Does that make sense? It not only makes sense, uh, I learned this a long time ago in the 70s, that your out-breath is you're not in the body anymore. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. And your in-breath, now you're here. So you, your ego, which is necessary to have an ego, i got to go down and pay the bills and do sure, things sure. like that. Right. Or, uh, but as soon as you out-breath, so the longer you out-breath, the longer you can be anywhere you want. Call it astral projection, whatever. call it soul travel, whatever. It's very real. Interesting, yeah. I play with that a lot, especially it's fun in the middle of the night when it's real quiet, you know, and you're just kind of going like, breathing I out. I think I feel that. <laughs> can you feel it? Breathing out, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's so cool. It's like, well, there's so many, I mean, I got a few old you know, yogi books, I think one of is control your breath and control your life. I mean, this has been, you know, it's a long held tradition of looking at the breath and how it's, wow, pretty fun, huh? It's well known that when people are under stress, they start breathing quicker. <laughs> oh, they start breathing quicker. Yeah, and that's why panic attacks, breathe in a paper bag. But yeah. actually you could slow your breath down too. That's why meditators slow their breath down. If you do mantra meditation, uh, you can actually get rid of more or as much lactic acid out of your blood in 20 minutes of meditation than you can for seven hours of sleep. That was the big TM thing back in the day. And Dr. Benson, who later went off on his own writing books about meditation, he validated it in the laboratory. Hmm. So that's why... Uh, I, I can just talk about myself and maybe tell me if you have experience uh, over the years and in the last few years especially when 
when my body is not sleeping, but I'm not kind of thinking, I'm just meditating or or doing my spiritual, my mantra, certain words that I use, or you, um, and it's almost like you didn't miss the sleep. You know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, I might wake up a little bit, not, but I'm fine. You know, it's not like I'm, I, I was up all night. You know what, does that make sense? He froze up again. <laughs> oh, there he is. Uh-oh. Oh. See, the, he came uh, back. I think we froze here. It's okay. Um, you came back. I think. You, I don't know if you can hear me. That's not us. <laughs> Our internet's fine. I can hear you, uh, but you froze up a little bit. Is I can check mine. Maybe it's on my end. You need to hold on. There you are. Well, you're, oh, you're back. You're back. Whoops. What happened? You're back. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't show our internet, but. You never know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never know. Where was I? We were just about. Um, I just said said something, but it'll come back. Adam Bergstrom is with us. If you'd like to be on the show, triple eight six six three sixty three eighty six is a telephone number. Patrick at one radio network dot com. No, my internet looks strong like like bull. So you know, but you're out in California, so anything's possible. <laughs> I, tell you. I tell you, you know, I love this place. The scenery, uh, the local area, the food, the, the local farmers and everything, wonderful. But the government sucks. Sucks. Oh, did you just tell Mussolini? That it's bad. Prince Gavin and the boys. Man. Have you been following any of the, uh, the Canadian trucker thing? Yep. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think it's great, but I think uh, Rick Wiles on his show said the best way to do it without any kind of drama is for the truckers just to park their truck at home and not deliver anything. What are they going to do then? Arrest you for not driving your truck? Well, that's a good point. your own house? <laughs> that's a good point. your own parking yeah. lot? Yeah. Yeah, and that would stop it the same way. No, nothing comes over the bridge. <laughs> I, I, so... Uh, yeah, it would be safer for the truckers, but they're brave. They, they oh, are, they're heroes. God, me, they it. are yeah. heroes. And I've read that they're going to do a thing on Washington, D.C. soon. I hope so. I hope they. I guess they didn't do it on the Super Bowl. They were supposed to do it on the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's just so many cool things happening all over the all over the world, really, with people out in the street in France. And did you see they they did the tear gas on the French people? And man, they were really hardcore. Boy. Yep. We were we watched the Indian news, and even though uh, that news is still very globalist, but they admitted that Trudeau turned anti-vaxxers into global heroes. <laughs> is that what because they said? he didn't handle the problem he went and he hid instead of trying to negotiate or anything like that he went and he hid yeah. so anyway the world is laughing at Trudeau and look what happened it sparked Israel uh, France, uh, New Zealand Australia demonstrations all over the world thanks to those truckers and Trudeau's not doing anything right. now yeah. he's trying to make up with uh, martial law but he's in trouble with both the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers now so I don't. I doubt if he's going to be elected again. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are saying he's going to get arrested. I don't know who's going to arrest him, but that would be fun, you know. 
Not that I want to yeah, see anybody. Yeah, I don't think so. Then, then there's all the, uh, I don't know if you've been following the news about uh, uh, they, they, Hillary's been spying on Trump. And oh, all yeah, that. I've and, seen it. They, yeah. they got the goods on her, don't they? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do anything. You know, they did with Nixon because they wanted Nixon out of the way. Right. But they don't want uh, Biden out of the way. So it's probably going to just be unreported. You go in any of the alter- alternative news, all the details are there. Nothing on the other news that I've seen. Maybe Fox uh, is. Yeah, they're is talking about. What's the fellow's name? You got the beard. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, what What Adam's talking about? There's an attorney that's been on this case with the spying and the Russian thing. Durham, I think his name is Durham, and uh, he's got the goods. And they they prove prove that the campaign was this whole Russian thing was a big hoax. And Trump was right. He knew it from the beginning that they were after him. And um, it's actually treason to do what they did because they spied on him when he was in the White House as well, which is against the law. But you know what, Adam Bergstrom, and ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I don't like saying this, but I think that the Clinton-Bush cabal folks are so swampy that they've got so many friends in you know, high places like the CIA. CIA, it was in on the deal too, right? Um, Oh yeah, I don't know if they'll ever. They get, often are. Yeah, they often, I don't know if they're ever going to get her. Uh, she'd be. She'd look cute in an orange jumpsuit, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. We'll see. At one time, I studied the CIA uh, and I read the books by them. And if you read between the lines, they admit what they're doing. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah, they're they're dirty and and uh, how they operate is really interesting so i suggest reading some of the books by the cia directors who write the books then of course you can read the conspiracy books and you put the picture together put them all together they're dirty definitely there's no doubt about it i mean just the the iraq thing valerie plame plume or plame she was out it she was a cia operative during the iraq thing and the and the cia um found out that there was no yellow cake going from Niger to Iraq so they couldn't do these weapons of mass destruction and um, you know what's his face who worked for Bush uh, 40, 41 or 43 went over to the CIA and said no no you can't say that and they just you know they just buried it they buried it that they couldn't yeah. have had weapons of mass destruction because they wanted to go in and get their oil I mean man it's so swampy <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, they, they just make up a story and yeah. people believe. It. Yeah, just make you know, it up. Simple as that. And we also have about 10 security agencies. Even the NSA is eight times as big as the CIA. Wow. And then we have the National Reconnaissance Organization, which handles uh, another aspect of security, or mm-hmm. as they call it, security, basically spying on us. <laughs> Imagine the money that's dumped into these places, Adam. Lots of money, a lot of black money, like drug, drug money, drug money. Black ops. Yeah, yeah, drug money. Ever seen the uh, what's the Tom Cruise movie uh, about the the cocaine out of Mena, Arkansas? Yep, American. Actually, they, they uh, Tom Cruise was doing a movie about that, but they wouldn't let him tell the facts. They had to change the whole movie because they in other movies they have the drug. Uh, agency involved the DEA but actually the CIA and multiple organizations were in Mena Arkansas in fact there were 26 different organizations bugging each other 
You couldn't pick up a, a payphone <laughs> at that place. They ran the the BC, what was it? The Bank of Credit and something international. They ran the Noriega drug money through there. They ran uh, all the, the weapons things, uh, you know, where they were supplying weapons, uh, all of that. All of that was being run through Arkansas and in control, Hillary and Bill at that Bi- time. Yeah, Bill and Hillary, or Hillary and Billary, or Bill and Hillary, Hill and Billary, we like to call them, right on me white, in Arkansas. The white water that the yeah. public got was just a fraction, a fraction of what was really going on there. There were millions of dollars being dropped on ranches there. I know some of the people involved, so wow. I know the story. I have a friend that lives in uh, I, uh, uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, not the Texas one where I live. Hmm. And uh, she knows some of these players really well. Yeah, I, I think NASA is a is a, a money launderer for drug money as well. You know, I, I totally. They get thirty billion dollars a year to make pictures of computer generated pictures of planets. <laughs> Did you see where they're gonna? They said they're gonna destroy the International Space Station. Did you see that? <laughs> That's because I don't think it's there. And I think people are catching on that. It isn't what they say it is. So they said, well, let's just destroy it. Here's an email from Cricket. I wanted to ask Adam why he seems as though it's harder for me to get a tan if I believe in age, I would tell you I was... <laughs> Listen, if I believe in age, I would tell you I was 69. Okay, she did. So, so she wants to know why well, it's harder for her to get a quite tan. Get she says, I wanted to ask Adam why it seems as though it's harder for me to get a tan. And then she says, if I believed in age, I would tell you I was 69. Cricket. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, there's, there's uh, 40 uh, miles of bad road syndrome uh, that we confuse with age sometimes. Because age is very flexible. Uh, people confuse biological age with chronological age. They ain't the same. No. And the same with lipopus can build up and things like that. But it has to do with uh, the melanin shutting down its function, even if you have it, and also for lipopus can getting into cells. Because when I looked up actinic keratosis, I think it is something like that. Forgive me, whatever it really is. Uh, when you're allergic to the sun, and sure enough, lipopus can is the major villain of it. So mm. omega-3 fatty acids are really good for life extension if you're a shark 100 feet under the ocean. <laughs> that extreme cold, well, there is a shark, I believe, in the Arctic uh, that lives uh, over, a th- over a thousand years they can live, 800 to over a thousand years. Whoa. And that's omega-3 fatty acids. But it's like an oil that is liquid and like coconut oil. Coconut oil in the cold is going to be a rock if you had it at that degree of temperature. But when it gets to be, what, 86 degrees? It's liquid. It's liquid. Well, we use saturated fat because we can make it liquid. You can take a saturated fat like coconut oil and make it liquid. At, at 98.6 degrees in our body, it's liquid. No problem. 10 degrees to, to do. But the omega-3, it becomes volatile and starts forming metabolites that do not serve us and we get in trouble that's why salmon normally wild have a little less uh, omega-3s uh than the uh, or they don't damage them as much as the foreign raised ones and they damage them so much in farms 
that Monsanto has been feeding them ethoxyquin and other synthetic vitamin E's that are about 10 times more powerful than vitamin E, to, even though they slaughter them at an early age, you would taste the difference from the yellow fat disease if they didn't put these chemicals in them to stop them from aging. Why does the farm um, raise salmon have more omega-3s because of what they feed them? Yeah, the cold. Oh, the, the thermal difference. See, yeah, but the wild salmon is cold are, too, right? Are designed for the dark, the cold, and high pressure. And pressure makes a big difference. You know, if you're 33, 33 feet under the ocean, two atmospheric pressure, it's double what we have here. You go 66, it's triple. By the time you get where sharks are, they're under seven times more pressure to pump that oil through them. And also, it's more liquid because of the cold and also the dark. So this, if you, if you live in the dark, under the water, 300 feet under the water, and you're under that much pressure, and you're, uh, a, then you're fine. I mean, omega-3 is great. You know, the pressure is so great that they used to take a bathosphere down to like right. a couple of thousand feet, bring it up, fill it full of water, bring it up, and then open a, a, a small porthole, but you couldn't be in the way because that water was so pressurized to go right through your body. Whoa. Wow. That's how much pressure they live under. So when folks do too much salmon or uh, cod liver oil and stuff like that, um, I still don't understand if their body is 98.6, why it, why it causes the yellow fat or lipofuscin. It goes instantly rancid. It's rancid uh, before it gets in your body. And well, even, say you got the fish, and you just pulled it out of the water and get into the fish mm -hmm. and shoot it up. That oil will be rancid before it gets to your cells. That's how fast, because now, think, leave your oil out overnight, an unsaturated one, even a omega-6 oil, overnight at 92.6, and what's gonna happen? In fact, here's, a, here's something that people don't realize about, uh, about vitamin D. If you take your vitamin, your your uh, uh, olive oil, it usually doesn't have high enough vitamin D in it, uh, or, or it could have a lot more. Say you wanted more vitamin D. Okay, you take the olive oil in the dark bottle, you pour it in a plate, you expose it to, to the sun for 20 or 30 minutes. You pour it back in the bottle, seal it, put it in a dark place, the vitamin D that you have just put in, tremendous amounts of it, will last for 10 months without losing anything. And it can actually have some of it in years later. But here's a strange phenomenon. You leave it out there an hour, still no difference. An hour and five minutes, you start losing vitamin D. By the end of 24 hours, if you could be exposed to 24 hours of sunshine, there would be absolutely no vitamin D. There would be toxic metabolites, the oil would not have any color anymore. Olive oil from green would turn to clear and it would be rancid. So exposing too much to the sun of these products actually loses it. Your optimum for, for uh, olive oil is 20 to 30 minutes. So we're back in the bottle. So could I take uh, olive oil that I get from Italy in a dark bottle and just put it out in the sun for 20 minutes and then take it out? Would that be yeah. good? Any, any food. The funny thing is pasta. Wow. Pasta, rice, 
cooked food, mushrooms, cooked mushrooms. 20 minutes raw in the sun, really? Cooked pasta, raw, whatever you want. Yeah, it's amazing how this solar energy is so uh, misunderstood wow. by people. And the whole vitamin D phenomena, it's a complex, like I say, D2, D3, D4, D5, D6, D7. In fact, scientists now are making tremendous amounts of different versions patented them. You can find the patents on the internet. And one, they use uh, vitamin D5 to fight prostate cancer because vitamin D3, the normal one, will give you, will take out your kidneys. So when people are taking supplements of 50,000 IU of vitamin D, uh, sorry, good. they're in trouble. Not good, not good. Wow. Not good. So the whole vitamin D thing is a scam. If you read Wikipedia about vitamin D eight years ago, it's a lot different than it is now because Wikipedia basically belongs to Big Pharma and Big Chem. Adam, do you think then that people that get skin, skin stuff from the sun that the medical people have convinced is skin cancer, which is really not, uh, is, is because of the omega-3s? Uh, that's one of the reasons. But you, you can get too much sun. I uh -huh. mean, when people get sunburned, that's obviously not a good thing. You want to just get slightly started. And that's what melanin does. It stops that. There are also other things in skin. Because you'll notice some pale-skinned people get out in the sun, they don't burn very quickly. And that is omega-3 and other factors as well. Serotonin, whatever. Nitric oxide. Hmm. Those are involved. So a, a, a very pale person can get out in the sun and stay out there uh, a, uh, an hour or two and not get burned if they're healthy while someone else can be out there for 10 minutes. The sun gets so hot in the desert around Tucson, you can get a burn at 6 o'clock in the evening in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. What's going on with um, uh, people that go out in the sun, they get freckles? What's, what's going on there? They don't respond to what? Freckles. And they get freckles out in the sun. Freckles. Um, again, it's, it's metabolites. And omega-3 is just one of the villains. Ah, oh, your orange juice. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, spleen pancreas time, right? That's right. That's right. By the way, someone emailed me, and they may have emailed you, that they're having a spleen problem. No, I didn't see and, that. No. Uh, and they want to know what to do about it. And the, the, the spleen actually has a lot to do with the, the sugar helps it. That's a strange thing. One of the best things for the spleen is tupelo honey because it's all fructose, almost all fructose. It will not crystallize. Tupelo. Wow. So that's why when I was in the health food business uh, managing health food stores, uh, we sold tupelo honey to diabetics. Because they could, they could, they didn't need uh, all the other hard synthetic chemicals and stuff. Just take tupelo honey. They've demonized fructose by high fructose corn syrup, which is not fructose. Yeah, <laughs> How can knows? you get fructose if you think about it? Corn is a starch. I mean, it, it has a starch in it. That a starch by definition is glucose, but by glucose plus glucose. There's no fructose. Where'd they get the fructose? Common sense shows you can only get fructose out of a fruit. It's a fruit sugar. <laughs> so they call high fructose corn syrup, and it's not even it's not even fructose. It's some. If they do have any glucose in that, 
or sucrose. They're doing it in a lab through tearing it apart. Yeah. It's a GMO product. That's why without it's a doubt. bad news. Bad news bears, yeah. right? You don't want that. Because starch, by definition, even a potato or whatever, you can't get any fructose out of a starch. Once The only way it will complex is what glucose combined with glucose. Glucose goes to fructose, you have a sugar. You can't have a starch that way. You have sucrose. So a lot of people, I mean, uh, people, it would be wise if they understood how they're being scammed <laughs> by fructose. Scammed by fructose. I think we get and scammed by everything. The, the fructose from corn in the in the health food store, from corn, how can it be fructose? <laughs> so, um, for the break, talk a little bit about so potatoes. Um, there, it's a good food, and what's the best way to get the most out of a potato? Cook it well to and dexterize it. Uh-huh. Make it at a dry heat, and uh, and by the way. Uh, two potatoes uh, dextrinized and cooked at 350 will give you more than 100% of the copper you need for the entire day. Wow. So, more. So, more. if we do 350 to a little russet organic, of course, baked potato, and get that baby happy, how long does it generally take at 350? Three, four hours? Uh, let's see. It, it, sometimes it depends on the oven. Right. Vibrant gallon takes about uh, an hour and a half for us to cook our potatoes. Hour and a half. At 350? Maybe the nod. Uh-huh. At 350. At uh, 350, and, it takes about an hour and a half. And if we peel them and put them in water, you, you I, I believe you said you want to cook them really well so when you just put a fork, they just smash up, right? So they just, right? It's good. I like smashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What I've been doing is doing like a squash, zucchini, and the potatoes, and maybe a little carrots all in one pot, you know, and just cook and really let them get them all cooked the pants off them. Pretty digestible, you know, really digestible. Yep. Yeah. They're good. Uh, by the way, if you get a French fry, you think, oh, I'll eat French fries and get my copper. You'll have to eat a room full of them because the copper gets taken out of a French fry. You probably got about. Two percent of your copper instead of one hundred and ten percent of your copper. So potatoes are a good source of copper, which is necessary, but you don't want to take it with a, a supplement, right? You don't want to take copper supplement. Yep. And a microwave potato even has more copper, but it's not near as digestible. So you may get copper, but you won't get a lot of other ingredients that you get by dry uh, baking it in an oven and texturizing, yep. and then add butter. Because Ray Pete has warned about how undercooked carbohydrates can actually get into the blood vessels and give a person a heart attack. It's actually happened. And it was proved by his chemistry professor at the University of Oregon or wherever, mm. wherever he studied. A particular professor showed him that. But uh, you add butter or olive oil or anything like that, then you're protected just in case you eat some undercooked uh, starch at a restaurant. Just add butter or olive oil. So how does that protect the one, the butter and the olive oil? It actually causes it to digest slower because when it's fast, it's like an explosion in the intestines, raises your blood sugar, and goes into the capillaries, which absorb things, but they're they're supposed to absorb other things, not starch. Yeah. I see. People who eat raw pasta or you know, no one's 
probably going to die right away by eating pasta. But they they raise their chances uh, of heart attacks by doing that. But you mean either either even rice or wheat pasta? It's not a, just the best food. You not why? Because why is it not good? Uh, because it can give you a heart attack. Well, I don't, I don't want <laughs> a heart. Not good. But Adam, these people in Italy eat pasta almost every meal or two meals a day, yeah. and they yeah, they eat it undercooked. Well, look at all the, look at all the heart problems. Uh, we talk about COVID and stuff like that compared to heart attacks and other things related to the pasta. Block. You know, you can have a block. Uh, you can have a spleen attack. It's called. You can have a pancreas attack. It's called pancreatitis. You can have splenitis. Well, I mean, you can I'm, have any kind of I'm kind of confused. The heart is just more, yeah. uh, you die quicker. So you mean, uh, so again, why, 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 why aren't there more heart attacks in Italy? They eat a lot of pasta because they cook them right or what? Well, they're eating, they eat olive oil with their stuff. Do oh, they get more heart attacks there? No, I don't think, I don't. Yeah, they buffer it with uh, plenty of olive oil. I see. So the olive oil, and I, I actually, I like to put butter and olive oil on my, Brown rice pasta. Great. Right? I've done that. Sure. I've done that. It's good. Garlic too, right? Garlic's good for you. Right. I used to have a goat cheese sandwich <laughs> with olive oil and uh, was it cilantro? Something like that. No, no, no. Basil. Basil. Basil, goat cheese, olive oil on toast. So Whoa. if I did the brown rice pasta, the organic from Italy, which is my fave from Jovial, and... If you cooked it, then you could put it out in the sun for 20 minutes before you eat it, but then it would be cold, right? Yeah, so you, you want to store it in the bottle. They say it'll be there for 10 months once you store it in the bottle, then you pour it in. Oh, I'm talking about putting the pasta out in the sun, the actual... Oh, yeah, no, you, you, it'll last a couple of days. So put the dry pasta out or the cooked pasta Oh, you, you, could do the, you could do the dried pasta, then cook it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they knew about this... <laughs> a century ago when the Italians moved to New York what do you think they how did they make their pasta they hung on they hung the pasta on clothesline my grandma used to do that yeah well then they when they were when they had multi-story dwellings uh, they hung them on the railings well the city didn't like thought it didn't look nice to have pasta hanging over the street so they made them do it inside sickness increased uh exponentially so they were smart enough they didn't have degrees and doctors and all that but they realized that their pasta wasn't being exposed to the sun Mm -hmm. after that they would import sun-dried pasta from italy they wouldn't make it anymore because they knew that that pasta done correctly in italy was so much better and the vitamin d had a shelf life in the pasta of about a matter of months so they had time to eat it. That's great. See, the vitamin D you get in a pill is eternal. How did they do that? It can't be vitamin D because vitamin D has a shelf life. Even in us, you, you can actually keep vitamin D in your body for up to three years. But it's safer to do it seasonally. In other words, nature designs it to be a winter when we don't get enough vitamin D. Hmm. But, but you can get vitamin D any place there's solar power. Now, they give you that degree. Oh, you can't get it because there's no UV light above this uh, latitude. Well, how do you have solar power up there? Any place you can have solar power. And when I used to teach workshops in Wisconsin, it was the center 
of solar power blew my mind. I lived in Tucson. There was less solar power there than there was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They had everybody I visited had a solar house all over the place. Wow. Wow. Adam, stay right there. Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, if you'd like to get one of our saunas, I'm going to tell you how you can get one. And they're really fun. Previously, Dr. Hal Huggins on detoxing mercury. You do not have to get all the mercury out of the body. That's not what the problem is. It's the direction it's going. If you have more going out than you have coming in, then you're going to have a good chemistry. You're going to feel good. But if you have more going in to the body than going out, chemistries look bad and you feel bad. If you had to name just a few things on the top of your list to help get mercury out, whether they be supplements or foods, give us your top five okay. off the top the of your head. best thing would be the infrared sauna. The thing is, detoxification is easy. Anybody can release a lot of mercury. But if you're using a sauna or especially the infrared sauna, then you are eliminating the mercury through the skin and you are bypassing liver and kidney. So that's a very good way to go. It certainly is, and we love our sauna. Gosh, I've been uh, having mine uh, downstairs, what, um, over 10 years now. And uh, every night, baby, every night. And I'll talk to Adam about what we do after the sauna, so he can be in on that too. Um, But these are great. The only way to get the best price ever is to email your host here, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com, and we'll sell it to you for $1,295. One, two, nine, five. That's in the lower 48. Ship them all over the world. We shipped one to Canada last week. It was fourteen ninety-five tax title and license to Canada up by the truckers if you want it to stay warm up there. Shipping one to, um, oh, I had a mention Wisconsin today. We'll ship them all over the place. Just email me and you get the, it's really, these are nice units. They're uh, portable. You sit in there, it comes with a very strong chair, put a towel over the chair, and, uh, and you just uh, have a little timer there in case you fall asleep. Very cool. Just email me, and I'll hook you up with the best price ever. If you go on their website, you know, the the uh, distributor, I think they sell 1500 and they'd like us to sell them for a close to that, but I made a deal with them, and as long as we don't, put it in print, we can sell it for 1295 They said, okay, just don't put it in print. So we just do it orally here, and that's what we do. Email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. I'm thinking about putting some colostrum into um, my next batch of, of um, yogurt. We'll see. Daniel Vitalis, let's play a game. On a desert island, you can only pick one food. Just one. Just only one. Um, if I had to live off of one food, I think it would be, if I had any choice, it would probably be colostrum. It's the most complete food that I know of. And the, and the thing about colostrum is the first food for any mammal. So it's kind of a no-brainer that colostrum contains all essential fats, contains all essential amino acids, it contains all essential glyconutrients, which are carbohydrates. It basically contains every substance that we need to maintain our bodies. The first milking you get from a cow after the cow calves is called colostrum. Every milking thereafter is called transitional milk. And what it is is it's part colostrum and part milk. 
So that's something that can happen in the industry because people will sell you the transitional milk and call it colostrum. We're very careful not to do that. We only use the first milking of the animals. Pure colostrum from Surthrival. They take the moisture out. That's it. To order, click on the picture of colostrum, front page, oneradionetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. If I can get my act together here, we'll uh, get back with Adam and <laughs> I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. Baby kicks. Oh, let me put my earphone in. Solar time. Oh, here, let me put you on there. You can see the whole thing. Put it up again. SolarTiming.com. That's your that's your website where people buy all your books, right? That's where the books are. That's yep. where the books are. And your newest book is all about copper. New one about copper. Yeah, I had one about magnesium, and it's basically the same uh, uh, same format. I was going to do a lot of the other minerals. I actually wrote a lot of this in the 90s. Uh, so basically, I have the foundation of it. I just had to add some of the new updates because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. always finding new things out about uh, minerals. Minerals, nutrients. minerals, minerals. So go to Adam's site, solartiming.com, and uh, get yourself some of his e-books and have some fun, party down. The big one is the, uh, what is it, butterflies don't need taxidermists? Is that the big one? <laughs> That's the biggest one. In fact, even now, I go back there and look up information for, is that right? oh, for uh, my other books. And uh, sometimes I find things in there that I didn't know I knew. <laughs> that, that, oh, I just found something out in 2019. And then I look back and I'd already written about it in 1970. Uh, oh, that's the, great. The, what we were talking about, about Pavel Satsaline, I believe they Russian bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. I w- <laughs> at the same time, I went through some of my cases, kinko boxes of typewritten notes, and I found in an entry from the 70s, uh, actually the, er- the early 80s, that uh, there was a strength in, uh, what was it? Uh, it was a bodybuilding magazine, and I found an article about the very same thing that I'd written about and didn't even remember. Strength and Health magazine, that was it. Because I kept a diary. I have, I have typewritten pages galore. I have little notebooks printed small in boxes here because I just write a lot. Yeah, wow, that's great. Good stuff. So I've been really having fun, Adam, with... Um, Wim Hof's thing in the showers. And um, so now I do first thing in the morning, I jump out of bed, I go right to a cold shower. And boy, that's, that's whoa. Your little skin gets all rosy, you know, red, and, uh, and staying there a couple of minutes. And it's really fun. And then after my sauna at night, I do a shower too, cold shower. So I'm thinking about doing one in the middle of the day. You know, just get off all your clothes and jump in the shower. Uh, cold water is... Pretty amazing. I, I feel so good doing that. Wow. Especially when it's applied for a short period of time because it energizes you. Otherwise, you can get thermal heat shock from taking too much. But one of the secrets that I found about keeping warm 
uh, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I would take an ice cold shower, put on a speedo bathing suit, go out on a bench, and and it's snowing, and I'm out there in a speedo pretending I'm sunbathing. Yeah. And people come into the workshop and look at me. You know how people look at you like uh, that guy's crazy. Just don't don't uh, let it. Don't get his attention. <laughs> Yeah. And then I could I could hang out with a uh, a tank top uh, or in those workshops. I just wore the speedo all day. But my my secret was go and take a cold shower like that every three or four hours, and then a punching motion. It warms you, and a sidekick with your legs activates the triple heater meridian, and this activates the heart. So oh. by just punching a punching bag. I could stay warm. I did it for months. In fact, uh, our, our friend, our mutual friend, Carol Crosby, is a witness uh, to me doing that, where I would be in a tank top in January at a Donald clinic all the time. You know, I noticed that, too, ever since doing the cold showers. So I go out first thing in the morning, you know, Doodle and I will go out, you know, 7 o'clock and pee. She, we both pee and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, just go out in a T-shirt and I'm not cold, and it's about 40 degrees or something, and it's amazing how warm your little body is coming out of the shower. It's, it resets your thermos. Is that what in it fact, does? One time when I was in Houston, it was uh, 30 above, I believe, 30 to 31 degrees. I went out and got an orange juice. Of course, that's plain pancreas time, of course, about 10 in the morning. Of course. And a woman in a big overcoat runs from her car to the uh, to the phone because it's so wintry and she yells at me and i suppose you think it's summer <laughs> <laughs> and i just i said cheers and uh held up my orange yeah. juice to her <laughs> wow what a trip yeah we People put a, get mad when you see they see you do something like that <laughs> we put a little clip up on faceplant if i could find it i'd play it and it's wim hoff jumping in a barrel with ice cubes and i mean just and he's got all these things, what it does with serotonin and all kinds of crazy things the body makes when it gets real cold, huh? Wow. He's a Superman. I believe he holds on with his jaw or his fingertips from a plane when they fly him to freezing cold air. You know, when you get up, how cold it gets. Does so he really? He, uh, he uh, is a Superman. There's no doubt about it. Have you ever done that Wim Hof breathing? I played around with it for a bit, but I just, you know, let it go. I didn't. It was seem like too much a little bit it's very similar to uh, the breath of fire from the 3ho people you know the, the Sikhs that had that <laughs> organization I, I forget the name of their yeah their, Sikhs. Uh, I think Sikhs, yeah yeah but but they had a particular one that was really popular at one time and I, yeah. I I've done their exercises uh, a good friend of mine uh, Carolyn Jim introduced me to them and we used to go let to see lectures there all the time they would bring in the the lo the uh, wandering swamis that would come be coming through houston at the time wandering so i did a lot of that also in soupy we did a lot of that type of breathing we would do yeah. exercises where we would scream a word out as loud as we could for about a 20 minutes wow. and you would have to uh, be doing the breath of fire to do that because you would you would have to say that in fact we would use a word similar to your hue who and we would go who who and i'm talking about doing that till your breath runs out take a gas who 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 and do that for as much as a half hour 
as loud as you could. And what does that do? And you think you're you're not in an altered state of consciousness by the time you do that. Kind of like the whirling dervishes idea of the, you know. We did that too. Hmm. Yeah, we did whirling too. I've, I've done, I've whirled for an hour and a half before. Wow. At a very fast speed. Uh, in fact, I used to love to go to the beach and whirl. <laughs> and you look at the stars and you're whirling so fast. They're not dots. They're circles. So yeah. all you see is circles above you. It, it's just uh, yeah. mind-blowing, actually, is the only I can say. That's great. <laughs> Boy, you tried a lot of crazy stuff, didn't you, in your day? I was a student of Adnan Sarhan for years, uh, and we did all kinds of dervish activities and zikr and the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not the type of Sufi you usually hear where they do this kind of square dancing. That's actually the Chisti movement, which is out of India. Uh, Adnan Sarhan was a member of four other uh, Sufi groups, and he had a master who could whirl through walls. And I have a photo, he showed us a photograph of his master. He sticks swords completely through his body and just sits there smiling, pulls them out, and heals himself instantaneously. Whoa. Adnan Sarhan was my main teacher before I met Adnan. Interesting. Wow. All Sufis, man. Sufis, yeah, a lot of the Sufi people used to sing hue as well that was very popular in the sufi uh hue adnan did his workshops right there in austin there were other sufi people too and my friend dunya who uh she may even live in austin now i'm not sure but uh, she was a student of adnan went off and did her own thing and uh, i took a lot of work her workshops mm-hmm. both in austin and in santa monica and wherever she was going to be this is from alan alan Oh, this is great. Adam, tell us why drinking orange juice like Patrick is his spleen pancreas is good. Good question. I mean, because here we go. 9 to 11. Well, let's just say uh, solar nutrition helped me. It probably saved my life back at the time when I first got into it in the 1970s. Uh, Adana warned me about my uh, tuna and mayonnaise early in the game. But I figured, well, it's on time. No problem. So I, I went on and on eating incorrectly. And then there was a period on the road where I would eat junk food on time. Well, what is important? When is more important? But what will catch up with you if you do things like that? Yeah. So here about uh, in a gradual basis that culminated about six or seven years ago, I found myself with edema where my feet swelled up about that big. Mm. And uh, I thought I was on the way out because I, I would have an episode like that every six months, maybe. It would swell up. But my ankle was always larger on the right side than the other one. And so I got into repeat. I took the orange juice and I gave up the tuna and I gave up the mayo. Well, other things happened too. Number one, I couldn't go into a cross-legged position anymore because my one leg would be so tight, it wouldn't go down on the left side. As soon as I did that, it went down. Hmm. Also, my butt was tender. If I would uh, wipe it without just patting it, there would be blood on it every Whoa. time. Whoa. So, so, And then my gums were bleeding. If I took an orange, a section of an orange, and pressed it into my gums, there would be blood on the orange. And what else? Oh, then I had petechia. There are these little 
busted uh, blood vessel spots that appear on your body. And I, according to medical information, it's supposed to be very dangerous. And you can be on your way out with that. And then I had easy bruising. I'd bump something. Wow, a bruise. I just touched it. What the heck? And sometimes I wouldn't even know I did it. And I'd look and I'd find a big bruise. When I did oranges, within one or two weeks, all of that was gone. I could wipe my butt with sandpaper. Oh, I now take the orange and I pound it into my face. No blood. And I have no particular. But then you also. One. Oh, but, and I got rid of headacheless migraines too. But you also, though, you cut out the heavy threes with the tuna. I mean, that was a big deal, right? I realized that omega-3s were not serving me. Now, I thought it was also omega-6s, but you can't get yellow fat disease from omega-6s. Now, I, 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 I would never supplement with an omega-6 oil. I'm not afraid of eating some seeds and things like that. I attempt to pick the ones that have the less, because even butter has omega-3s. They're just minimal. Pineapple has a, I mean, a coconut has a tiny bit, coconut oil, a little bit of omega-3. Yeah, a But you can bit. minimize them. Yeah. Some things have greater amounts, like uh, salmon and other fish are very, very oily and have more of it. Flaxseed has a lot. Uh, chia has chia. a lot. Flax and chia has a lot of threes. Yeah. Now, if you're <clears> going <throat> to take, here's a hint, if you're going to eat an omega-3 because you really love salmon, have it at night timing will buffer you because you, you're not likely to eat salmon every day like i did i ate tuna every day in fact even when i was just out of high school my mother would know notice that i made tuna sandwiches i didn't know about timing and for lunch every day she said don't you get tired of that no i'd eat it during the day and then i'd make it again at night so uh, i would buy my tuna at 25 cents a can back then in uh, in cases i would buy cases of tuna and go through it you just like the mayonnaise right you know the pickles and the mayonnaise yeah, and mayonnaise <laughs> we still have i have cases of empty jars that we use now for white sugar <laughs> they come perfect for white sugar are you still eating a lot of sugar yeah yeah anytime i'm in stress uh, like last night when the power went off right. you know, <laughs> wondering if we were going to make a connection today right. you, know, you bet sugar <laughs> you ate sugar and, what, and then i slept like a baby all night and yeah. what does sugar do what does sugar do for stress what is it what's going on <clears throat> it, it's healing uh, see we run on sugar we run on glucose unfortunately if you take pure glucose it can be toxic because so nature has devised sucrose and fructose in your foods so that you get it generally and it breaks down. Now, glucose can be anabolic. It can actually build muscle for the first six weeks. But if you keep giving glucose and people in hospitals need to know this when they have people on glucose, you get a reaction and it reverses and you start to break down the body. Hmm. But at first, if you go to the hospital, they give you some blood glucose a few days, no problem. It's going to help you. But if you are on that type of nutrition ex extensively for months, then they better switch to sucrose or something uh, more appropriate and safer. <clears throat> you know, there's there's so many mornings, two or three or four, if I get up and uh, I'll have some goat's milk, you know, heat it up. And then I'll put two or three teaspoons full teaspoons of the organic beet sugar right in the milk 
And it does. It'll put you to sleep. So this whole thing with kids and candy and the sugar, it's not true. Makes them hyper? Nope. And think about it. Uh, <laughs> they said that sugar makes you hyper for kids. Remember that was going sure, on? Of course. Well, how does it do that? If you take sugar before going to the gym, it messes your workout. If you don't take fat to buffer it, it messes up your workout. So it actually slows you down and relaxes you. What was getting the kids is the additives in the candy uh, they were eating. Yeah. You look at some of the candies. Sugar's mentioned, but then there's a list of about, of about 30 chemicals, courtesy of DuPont and Monsanto and those companies that they're putting on. Better living through chemistry in your candy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there's still a lot of moms, maybe some listening, that think that sugar is, is making their kids hyper. But I guess it just depends on what kind it is. If it's just good old C&H pure cane sugar from Hawaii, it's not going to hurt you, right? Yep. Now, now, plain sugar by itself can raise your blood sugar. But as long as you're either having some dietary fiber and some oil with it, no problem. So what do you, have how do you do the spice. sugar that you're eating? What do you do with it? Well, you just have some oil with it. I could have some olive oil with sugar, or per- preferably I like cream, half cream, half sugar. Mm, delicious. Slows it right down. Tastes really good. So that's why the goat's milk, but there's not a lot of fat in the goat's milk. I could maybe add some cream to it. Might even... Even, even there's enough fat in goat milk there... to be okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a good fat. I mean, goat's milk is healthier than even cow's milk. That's what they say. They, you know, they... Dug and believe in... it or not, it has more carbon dioxide in it. Is that That's right? one of the secrets. Huh? Yeah, the British did that. When, when they investigated that guy who could be buried under the ground for 40 years, it blew the military's mind. So they decided, we got to find out what this guy's doing. This could come in handy for one of our troops. We can bury him underground and he can come out after the front goes through or whatever. So they did a carbon dioxide analysis when they realized that was what it was about. Obviously, oxygen, carbon dioxide, he had some kind of control. They had smart doctors back then. So the military doctors investigated every food that was possible that they knew about in India and in Britain that they could get a hold of. And they did the carbon dioxide rating. Goats were uh, were low or high in carbon dioxide, and the highest was donkey's milk. And indeed, they found out that these people who buried themselves underground, there were more than one, they had to live on goat on donkey milk alone, and occasionally rice was safe. Now, red pizza, the safest starch you can eat if you're going to eat starch, is well cooked short grain rice short grain even more than a potato starch which is also safe ah uh, like just a a short grain like even a, a jasmine or something a white and soak yep, it until it's mush mush Once it's mush it's perfectly safe you won't even need butter with it how do no, we add butter or cream or whatever so you think it's that's true dessert you think it's true rice pudding yeah we used to have that when we were kids actually rice and sugar and cinnamon right we, we yep. used to have, my mom would make that sometimes. I remember us. that. I've eaten it. And she knew that. I said, well, how did my mom know that? Our moms know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you really got to cook the pants off of rice to make it digestible, right? Really then good. It, then it gets better, yeah. But if you have it uh, slightly undercooked, just make sure you have butter 
and maybe some kind of food with dietary fiber in it, you know. Yeah. It, a prune is 25% dietary fiber. A kiwi, 25% dietary fiber. A lot of foods are high in fiber. They keep your bowels moving. Yeah, prunes are good. Uh, did we answer the emailer's question about um, orange juice and what's it doing at spleen pancreas? Did we get to that? Or did we? What is it really... It, uh, I know. So we, what does it do? Yeah, you, you would. Know, you, well, you had talked about what it did for you, but in general, what, what's going on when folks do orange juice nine to eleven solar time? What? What's? Why? Why is it good? You know, uh, all our organs have rhythms, and the spleen and pancreas come online between nine and eleven. This is called in China the midnight noon law. And basically, you've seen that chart, lungs from three to five, mm -hmm. large intestine from five to seven, stomach from seven to nine, and along comes spleen pancreas at nine to 11. It happens to be a shunt for the lungs. Anyone who has, is def defined with, what is it, cops, you know, they're going to die of lung problems, needs to know the shunts of the lungs. And by taking an orange at that time, it actually shunts the lungs and the bladder and the triple heater, which are involved in the breathing function. Obviously, triple heater is the thyroid, and the thyroid has a lot with the speed of your breathing. The thyroid will heat the blood, and the more the blood is heated, the more you utilize your calcium in your body and other minerals. Hmm. So it's a triple heater because it actually heats you. And, of course, the thyroid, they realized more than 100 years ago that uh, since the blood heated will absorb uh, calcium better. Obviously, the thyroid had a lot to do with it. Well, spleen pancreas time, 9 to 11 in the morning, is exactly opposite 9 to 11 at night, which is triple heater thyroid time. Nature knows what it's doing. So automatically, anything you do at that time is going to help your thyroid, your lungs as well, and your urinary bladder as well. So folks with lung uh, issues would be orange juice 9 to 11, right? Boom. Right. Now, here, here's the thing. See, chemistry is way overrated. It's second chakra stuff, uh, even first chakra stuff. They forget energetics. They forget gaseous pressure, thermodynamics, magne magnetism, and all of that. So I, uh, I knew about bioflavonoids and uh, the problems I had. Took plenty of them. Didn't do a thing. I knew about vitamin C. Took bunches of it. And I get, it gave me colds. <laughs> Ray Pete reports that the regular vitamin C will give you colds. And the time that I would have a cold and a flu every two months, I was taking vitamin C to the max. Wow. I'm thinking, why am I getting these colds? They, they brought me on the carpet at the telephone company and said, you can't be taking all this time off. I said, I'm sick. You know what I do? Uh, then when I didn't take it. Now, some people may have good results with uh, supplemental vitamin C, but Ray Pete certainly didn't. He found the same thing. And when he told his story, I looked back on my history, and every time I had excess vitamin C, I was getting colds. And when I avoided it, I didn't get it. So is it the vitamin C? Is it the bioflavonoids? Is it the origin? I, I don't care. <laughs> I look at the whole orange. It. Am I going to, if I have a car, a Ford car, am I going to drive the engine down to L.A.? Or should I take the whole car? 
Am I going to drive the radiator down to L.A. or take the whole car? I want the whole car. I don't care if it's an orange or what the chemistry is. I know the orange activates on my lungs. It has the geometry, the circular geometry that matches the alveola. And so I go by the geometry of it. A grape is good for the lungs. A, a grape is also good for the eyeball. It's round. It's globular. A carrot's will help your uh, eye, but that's because you cross-section it. That's why they always show it looks like an iris when you cross-section the eye. So the geometry, and uh, the doctors have a fancy name for it, don't realize it's reflexology, Cyto, uh, cytoarchaeology, I think they call it, or cytoarchitecture, that's the word, cytoarchitecture. They're talking reflexology. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Adam, stay right there. We're going to do a quick little break here. And uh, 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 come on, join us if you like, if you have a question for him. 888-663-6386. Email Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair. And that's when I take my dual extracted mushrooms from Survival, the chaga and the reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system, like autoimmunity, it'll help to downregulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system, like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. Survival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. I knew that. Yeah, boy, he's got really, really nice products, Daniel Vitalis. If you uh, would like to explore them, uh, you can go to oneradionetwork.com, <clears throat> click on a survival link, and then look at all the different products, Colostrum. Uh, he's got a uh, digestive bitters, which is a really cool, cool one here. You can do this. Digestive bitters, really nice to help digestion. Pine pollen, of course, and uh, just a, a lovely array of uh, colostrum and things like that. Okay. Who am I supposed to talk about here? Posta? I'm Posta. Post to. Oh. We have a uh, an arrangement with a, a fellow by the name of Brandon Amalani, and he has been working with a fellow out of Australia, and he's the sole distributor of these uh, EMF protection devices called Blue Shield. I've got one up here in the studio because I've got a lot of stuff going on, and then one downstairs. 
as well. They're called the Cube. You can see a picture of it here. You get 10% off with the promo code One Radio, and this works on the cells in the body and just helps the body to deal with whatever is flying around out there in the world of cell phone towers. Also, um, um, Wi-Fi's, which we don't recommend, but um, and uh, you know if you get the 5G thing too, uh, and so your body. And they've used this on, uh, they've got peer-reviewed studies with chickens and other animals, and they actually lower their mortality rate, and they lay more eggs and are happier. Uh, And so it works. It's not a a placebo thing where uh, the chickens are saying, you know, I'm doing a test here. I think this thing works. So if this works, it's proven to work. Uh, We recommend you get one. They go out about 90 yards. So just put one in the center of your house, plug it in, and what's cool about it too, the technology is very um, interesting because it changes every, I think at every 30 seconds, something like that. Because if you just leave something on like that, they know, these geeky people who created this thing, that your body would just get used to it. And then you wouldn't even, it wouldn't help. So they change it every 30 or 45 seconds. It's to, yeah. So your body just always knows that something's going on. Pretty interesting. I mean, you can imagine if you just did one food for the rest of your life and how dangerous that, that would be, even though I could just do pasta. And, uh, anyway, so check it out. It's the uh, called Blue Shield. It's on one radio network. Uh, and uh, just click an order and use promo code one radio. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one. Radionetwork.com. Adam Bergstrom, uh, solartiming.com, also Sunsync Nutrition. He's here on the first Monday and then the third Wednesday. So thanks for coming on twice now. I really appreciate it. I enjoy it. Uh, by the way, here's my notes from Strength and Health on that day. What? I've written pages. I have kinko boxes full of these type of notes. Wow. Typed. And if I made a mistake when you use the typewriter, pull it all out and start again. And yet I have thousands and thousands of these pages. Single space, wow. Like that. I've just uh, just researched that you, you've done over the years. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I have I've cases, chinko boxes up against the wall. And then I've got little pads uh, like this filled with information too. Tiny, written almost like the guy who wrote uh, the Lord's Prayer on a rice grain, you know, can't quite get to there. Amazing. I, I decided to save paper, bring one patent and write really small on it. <laughs> I think you should. Uh, you know, Carol, our friend Carol, uh, Yeah. she says, Adam taught our classes in a really cold house while we wore heavy coats and he casually sat there with tank tops. <laughs> Is that right? Yep, she remembers. <laughs> That's great. So, um, so ongoing, I guess the body's just going to get more resistant, like Wim Hof does after a while. It just yeah, once you get used to it, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is to keep it up because uh, yeah. when I first moved to Houston, I moved in a very. I, I had no money, and I got a job at Texas Educational Aids. And uh, so I got an apartment for $60 a month that now goes for 2000 Single bedroom, Murphy bed, Murphy kitchen. The mm. kitchen folded out. But anyway, I had no money to turn the electricity or gas on. So I figured I got to take a cold bath because there was no shower. 
I got used to it. And then I decided, you know, this is really healthy. I'm going to do it. But a month later, when I could turn on the power, then it gets harder. Oh, well, maybe I'll have a little warm today. Maybe I'll skip it today. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And pretty soon you're not doing yeah, it. Yeah. So it takes discipline. But I think it really is beneficial to your health. I to, think so. Uh, uh, my water here, Adam, has been so cold because of the, of the you know cold temperatures at night, 30, 40 degrees. So it's been so icy and wonderful. So I'm really thinking about, wow, three months from now, when it starts to get warm, because I'm on rainwater, what am I going to do? I, I, wouldn't it be cool? I think you could probably rig up, engineer some kind of a system where you chilled the water for the shower, couldn't you? I mean, anything's possible. I'd like to do that. Probably so. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Get it icy, you know, say, make it 35 degrees. And Yeah, know. I think there could be such a, a system. Sure. I found the, the water, of course, varies. Uh, when I was up in Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, the showers there were a lot colder, and Santa Fe, a lot colder, and in uh, Bellingham, Washington, a lot colder, too. Oh, yeah, just because underground and the pipes, and it was just, yeah, it's cold under there. Yeah, they cool. bury them deep enough where they don't freeze. In Houston, they kept them up, and if it got cold, I worked at a metaphysical bookstore, and the pipes would freeze every once in a while, you know, because they had them put or so above the ground. Yeah. When it gets to be 25 degrees in Houston, all the pipes go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, let's do some emails here. Oh. She says, my ears must have blinked, so I couldn't follow. This is that lady again. I'm still not sure why I, I don't tan good. So, you remember she, you answered her cricket. She said, I don't tan. And, uh, oh, you said it was omega-3s, right? Uh, that's one of the, the things. Now, rather than call it aging, I prefer to call it uh, 40 miles of bad road. In other words, we make wrong decisions in my life. I've drank a lot of alcohol, taken a lot of drugs, done a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing, and it adds up into your health. And it's like you have to detox. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously things that you must get rid of at that point or repair. Lipofuscin is very hard to get rid of. You actually have to kill the cell and take the cell out of your body. Now, that's a natural process because if we retained all our cells, we would die. So you, if you kept all your sun cells, it's called cancer. So you want to eliminate them in a catabolic process where you dispose of them. And that's a regular ongoing thing. A cell can die through necrosis. That's not good because it dies because it's not being fed. But some cells just get to a certain limit when they've done their job and they go away. They can be rebuilt. We can, re, we can take the parts of the cell and bring them back as the minerals and rebuild them. But they must be broken apart so that we can survive. Well, that's how you get rid of lipofuscin, by the proper use of this circulation. Everyone who knows if they don't take a, wash their feet for a long time, you've got all this buildup of skin that's being shed. We shed a lot of skin. So you wanna shed that at a certain degree, too slow is bad, too fast is bad, and if you get that at the right temperature and the right degree, then you don't lose your tan. So anyway, it's something that's being eaten. Omega-3 is a major culprit. Okay. culprit. But there are other foods like alcohol and things like that. 
every case of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is basically omega-3. Every case of alcoholic uh, liver disease is alcohol. I mean, it is. It is a problem. It does add up. And also, smokers get their liver. Uh, uh, you can get, I, I'm not sure exactly what the disease would be in uh, smoking, but it knocks out your liver too. And that has a lot to do with your tanning. The very color of the liver has mel uh, melanin in it, and, uh, and, uh, and obviously it affects your tan and also the function of your other organs. When you're not tanning, the rest of your body isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing too. Hmm. Remember uh, our last show, we, uh, oh, we, we talked about Clorox, you know, and I, I told them, folks that I used it in my food business. Remember, we were soaking the green onions and also the, the cilantro, and it worked very well to increase the shelf life. But somebody wrote in and said that one of Dr. Hilda Clark's book said that uh, laundry grade, grade bleach um, contains many different kinds of extreme toxins. Yeah, I don't know about that. Our food grade, grade bleach is safe because it's clean. I just read back in the day that Clorox was the, the cleanest because it was just um, pure Clorox, pure bleach, and they did it in stainless steel. So that's why we use Clorox. But I, So I don't know. You know, any, that's what they generally use, and uh, you can clean it. Now, I prefer apple cider vinegar. See, vinegar preserves life. Some people use baking soda, and baking soda can work, but it's not as effective as vinegar. So you automatically stop any kind of growth on your food with uh, vinegar. You can do uh, vinegar and water. Won't spoil. Yeah, and soak your vegetables yeah. vinegar and water, right? They blame mayonnaise uh, when you go out in the uh, picnic and when, when people get food poisoning, they blame the mayonnaise. The mayonnaise is acid. It actually pro it protects it from breaking down. So there are other things in the sandwich that are breaking down. You get that type of uh, a gut reaction from the food you're eating. Mm -hmm. Food poisoning, I guess, is what they call it. Uh, here's somebody who says, we live in a land of Serbia, which is heavily bombarded with depleted uranium. Uh, at 99. I wonder what that means, 99. Is there anything that we should be aware of while choosing our food? How do you think this situation might affect us? So, yeah, depleted uranium is in bullets and stuff, right? Bombs? Is that uranium, they said? Yeah, depleted uranium, right. D-E, yeah. Yeah. D-U, uh, You know, uranium is over, uh, provides, when you're exposed to it, makes you over alkaline. There's a big thing about inflammation as being the only disease. Actually, there's two diseases, yin and yang, paralysis 50% of the time and inflammation 50% of the time. So oxygen, we talked about that earlier, makes pain. That's when you feel pain, which is useful. You know, oh, that hurts, I better protect it. And then the other one is paralysis. I can't feel my hand. That is carbon dioxide. We need a balance between them both. Well, radiation, carbon dioxide protects you from it. So the slower you breathe, the healthier you're going to be. And obviously, people who are exposed to high amounts of radiation, why does one person die of radiation poisoning within a year? And meanwhile, someone lives to 95. 
when they've been exposed to Hiroshima and things like that. They obviously know things. Miso protects you from radiation. Corn protects you from radiation, maize. Uh, but also sugar protects you from radiation, but also carbon dioxide does. One of the tricks of sugar is provides carbon dioxide. <laughs> That's one way to get your carbon dioxide. Uh, if you can breathe slow and meditate, uh, and, and it, that doesn't count. You go for a run, you know, and you run as long as you counter it by doing some meditation or something to slow the breath down after that to uh, to balance your body out. Anyway, slight acidity through proteins, free form amino acids, which are in raw fruit uh, and breathing slower automatically give you protection against radiation. Mm. Slow, Ionic radiation. Slow breathing. Okay, here we go. Oh. Is Adam... Oh, is Adam a germ theory proponent? Or is he more on the Dr. Cowan... Did you get I that? didn't quite get that. Oh, you didn't. Have you? Are you having a hard time hearing me? You're pretty, pretty good, but sometimes uh, some some of the words. Okay, this it, email. It's not. It's not the sound. It's. Uh, it's just. Uh, whatever. This, whatever. <laughs> whatever. This emailer wants to know if you're a germ theory proponent or you're more on the side of Cowan, et, et cetera. Uh-huh. Actually, I believe in both. I believe our terrain fights off germs. But I, I believe that COVID was a common cold. Nothing wrong. I've, I've had uh, probably 300 colds over my lifetime, maybe more. Because when I was taking all that vitamin C, I was having a cold every two, uh, two weeks. So at the very least, COVID is not an emergency. <laughs> it kills less people than almost every other disease in the book. No, no one's dying from it. And you know where the deaths occurred? Go to the hospital. Tylenol killed a significant amount. Remdesivir killed a lot of people. Ventilators killed a lot more because they put you on a drug so you can't breathe and you die. And the other surprise, people died from oxygen therapy. Now, Ray Pete, in a recent interview, someone asked him, how many hospitals have carbogen in them? And uh, and he said they did a study and found out about three per million hospitals or, or thousands, within thousands, not a million. They don't even know about carbogen. And when Georgie Dinkoff asked uh, a hospital uh, supervisor or medical doctor, why don't you give carbon dioxide to get the breathing going? And he said, that's nonsense. We don't want to do anything that gives you carbon dioxide. The truth is doctors in the 30s knew about carbon dioxide priming the breath. It was used in mining. It was used in medicine. It was used extensively. Then some kind of a, uh, what do you call it when you get these organizations that get together to, uh, to uh, fund lobbyists? Lobbyists uh-huh. got together and said, you can't use carbon dioxide. You got to use pure oxygen. Well, it kills brain cells. It shortens lifespan. 
And if you've got any kind of infection or disease, it kills you. Wow. Now, and they put people on oxygen all the time, today? right? They put people on oxygen just matter of course. Yeah. Wow. And at the very least, they have less brain cells. That works great for our culture, right? Wow. The government loves people with missing brain cells. In fact, you can, if you don't believe me on this, the people listening to this, go to Scientific American, look up oxygen carbon dioxide. They wrote three articles within the last three years validating what I said that oxygen kills brain cells and makes your prognosis less. So they know about it. And yet, uh, carbogen, basically, they attach something to your oxygen that gives you either from 1% to 50% carbon dioxide. Usually the ones available are 3.5%, 5%, 7%. Wow. Those are the ways you're available. 50% would kill you. You don't want that. They use it for specific purposes. 1% does make a difference. Even that would save a lot of brain cells and the outcome. Ideally would be three to three and a half percent carbogen. And every hospital, there's no excuse that they don't have them because they have killed countless lives with oxygen. They, I, I know people now that are on oxygen. They send them home with an oxygen tank and basically they, they're shortening their lives. I think some of these hospitals have made contracts with morticians to share their profits. <laughs> wow. And the the... The research is there. The information is there if they just wanted to look. Yeah. Oh, it's there. You can find it all over the Internet. In fact, there's loads of information. You know, people used to be healed of cancer and all kinds of diseases by sitting in bathtubs with carbon dioxide. Hmm. They had so much in Germany. It was like yellow stone of carbon dioxide belching out of the ground that they, they built huge centers, a public bathtub, that 100 people could get in and often were there, and then private bathtubs, if you wanted your privacy, all over the property. You got in with your clothes on. Carbon dioxide comes right through your clothes and you don't have to take them off. I guess they took their shoes off, got in the bathtub, got in the public tub. You don't put your head under it because then you're not breathing, right up to the neck, and you just sit there in the gas, and you get cured of countless diseases. Why doesn't the carbon dioxide, because we, we kind of, talked about a little bit I'd love to play with it but you can actually put carbon dioxide in a bathtub and it stays there because it's heavy it doesn't go out it's heavy it's heavier than oxygen and you yeah. can just you can just lie there with your head above the tub and how long does it stay in there uh, some people stay in for hours <laughs> really it doesn't hurt you you don't feel it you don't even know it. well you feel better many people get hot now, I've never gone in a bathtub. Ray Pete has on numerous occasions. Has he? But I've read countless accounts. I mean, hundreds of accounts are available on the Internet of people getting high when they, some people would go just to get high from the carbon dioxide. <laughs> it makes you breathe more, not less. They can't understand that, that if you give constant oxygen, you turn off the breathing. In other words, mm -hmm. the oxygen tank breathes for you. Right. But when you get carbon dioxide, uh, it stimulates breathing and drives the oxygen deeper into the cell. That's why, ever see a little kid, he's going to kill himself by holding his breath and turning blue? I've seen a kid do that. He turns blue, falls down, and starts breathing again. <laughs> it's almost impossible to commit suicide by holding your breath because the pressure outside your body is 14.7 pounds per square inch, 
and inside your body it's 14.6 uh, what happens it comes in god breathed into man man doesn't breathe into god all you have to do is breathe our only job as a human being is to breathe out you don't have to breathe in that's being done for us by the environment <laughs> that's got to do is just breathe out that's really cool so so do you actually buy carbon dioxide in a tank or something and put it in your bathtub you can find it on wikipedia they give the three major forms of carbon if you research you'll find there's other ones too but the ones that are mostly saleable are the three percent three and a half percent i believe it is a five percent and seven percent this right there on wikipedia <laughs> so if you were going to buy some carbon dioxide to put in your tub which percentage would you purchase three and a half percent what what was that what would you what? purchase if you're going to put it in your tub oh yeah uh you know some people say that when you get it from welding shops it's toxic ray pete says that's nonsense that's where same. he gets it because otherwise you'll pay a dear price for it but he, he just go get it gets a tank from a welding shop fills his bathtub i i haven't seen that done so i don't know exactly the dynamics of what value turn and all of that vibrant gal figures out the mechanics for me here <laughs> and uh and anyway you fill it up and then you sit in it right pete's done it and count this time and he says good enough at the welding shop and a heck of a lot cheaper huh? i've looked up the prices otherwise i think it's hundred dollars or something for one of those containers and a welding shop it's very inexpensive and what do you do you just rent the rent the tank from them and bring it back or something i, I think so and you return the tank for deposit kind of thing mm -hmm. i believe that's how it's done what is we were thinking of doing it here at one time, but we never, yeah. because, because of COVID and all the drama going on here, we never. Well, I want to do that. Uh, Ray Pete's going to be on Monday. I'll ask him how you get it from the tank into the bathtub and how long it stays. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, maybe remind me if you listen on Monday. If, just send a little I thing because you have a your brain is on you know on steroids. I'd like to know myself because see that that's the It'd pushing the buttons. That's yeah. my my problems. I know here and I know there. Yeah. Vibrant gal is the one that gets me through the barrier of how to practically put it into action. That'd be that'd be fun just to try it, you know, and and uh and you just go in even with your clothes on, you just lay there with your head out. Yeah. That's what Ray Pete says. He just leaves his clothes on. You can take it off if you want, obviously. You can have a a, a, a carbon dioxide pool party, right? What a trip, man. <laughs> I think it's great. You know, I think it's terrific. Uh, here is uh, Reba wants to know, what's a good remedy for shingles? Shingles. Uh, B vitamins help. So brewer's yeast is one of the things. The other thing is, if you can arrange it, a lot of people work for the man, they work for some corporation or something, have to go to work. As soon as you have the, sim the symptoms of shingles, go into the dark. Yeah, block all your windows out, be in a dark room, and expose yourself to a, a red, a small red light bulb. Hmm. Stay there till the shingles go away. The infection will be a lot less, and uh, it'll be over faster. Uh, they used to know, they, someone won the Nobel Prize who knew about that in 1906, I believe. That information has been out. And from time immemorial, they would use red silk to block the, uh, the images of people with measles, with mumps, and uh, chicken pox, and with shingles. 
shingles is a herpes uh, virus that actually uh, gets reactivated when your immunity gets down. So also find out why your immunity is down and avoid the drugs that the doctors are so prone to give you as soon as they find out you have shingles. Right. So uh, she's saying the dark. So what is it? Oh, the B, because it's vitamin B. Brewer's juice is vitamin Bs, right? It, yeah, yeah, you could actually take a vitamin B complex to be okay. And even, even 50 would be enough. People overdo it. See, the, the, the synthetic vitamin Bs aren't the same thing. I noticed this a long time ago when it would take 100 milligrams of niacin for me to flush, right? If, if I did 50, it wouldn't flush. I could take rice bran syrup, which had two milligrams, tiny, tiny amount, get a full face flush out of it. So the things you get in pills are approximations of vitamins. They are not vitamins. They're made in the lab and they're made as imitations. The same way, uh, there you are for real and I'm, I paint a picture of you. And right. so, yeah, I get, I, get a, I get a buzz out of it. Uh, I get to see you, but if you're not there, I can't talk to you. The same thing with the vitamin. You get an approximation. Some are better than others. Most of them have patents, and they differentiate them so they can make money on their particular type of vitamin uh, B. Uh, the worst one is vitamin D. There's about 50 patents on it. So what vitamin D are you taking? Who knows? <laughs> you never know. So is it, is, it, um, is it a good idea to do a niacin thing and flush sometimes every now and then or is that beneficial you know, nothing can out itch niacin uh i would think that would be chancy but i might try it being a crazy guy yeah just to try it and to see <laughs> uh, it. yeah because it works from poison oak it works for poison ivy it works for snake bite it works for oh. uh for dog bites it works for a lot of things see ray pete is against niacin and prefers niacinamide but as a medicine I've seen niacin get rid of a person who was breaking out with poison oak. When I was in the health food business, I was afraid to tell them a thousand milligrams of niacin to 750 milligrams back up of C because I thought I'd get in trouble. I warned one person about that it could make you a flush. They forgot about it, ended up in the emergency. And they, they looked at her and said, did you take niacin? Yes, go home. <laughs> But anyway, this woman mistook what I said, cosmic uh, coincidence. She took 1,750, and she came back two days later. It worked. I never got it. It went, went away completely. Wow. So, yes, niacin might be a way to do that. I just, uh, again, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> I'm not giving you a medical uh, uh, diagnosis here. Uh it would be good. Maybe someone else on the internet has tried it, but theoretically, it should work. So, what is the um, um, uh, the the issue with why why are you careful about recommending it? I mean, what's the downsides? Uh, people go to the hospital. Oh, they're they're not really well. Let's let's. Take well, they probably case. go to the hospital because they're scared, right? They kind of freak out. Yeah, not only that because it has other symptoms. And I've seen this personally. Here's your extreme scenario that I've seen. We drank some alcohol, some sake, and then we did the niacin flush. Alcohol will speed it up. Saturated fat will slow it down. Okay, so she had the alcohol. She took the 1,000 
milligrams of niacin. Suddenly she started going, shaking. She started uh, uh, almost foaming at the mouth and fell to the floor, shaking. And so Adana Lay was with us. She's on the floor saying, help me, help me. Adana walks up with his hands behind his back, looks at her and says, good, good, and walks away. So then we figured, no emergency, let her go through whatever she's going through, and it was fine. But that right, could freak a person out. You know, they start, have, they start spasming out, <laughs> and they fall to the floor, and they, their heat regulation gets cold, hot, cold, hot. Uh, they could mistakenly rush to the hospital, or someone else could grab them and take them to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But I've never seen anyone die of it, and I've seen people take extreme amounts. Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw for bodybuilding, they took 10,000 a day. Whoa. They're still alive and writing scripts in Hollywood. I can't so believe it. can't be quite as bad as Ray Peek says. Yeah, there's been, we used to talk uh, years ago, we talked to, they were doing some, a whole a niacin thing with the saunas, right? And, and and there was a fellow in Europe that was getting amazing results with the niacin, the saunas, and getting uh, folks detox from uh, that, uh, that depleted uranium. They came back from Iraq and all that, and they were really toxic. So uh, something, oops, I got to turn Why my... Bodybuilders used to do it because it gave them a, 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 a pale complexion would uh, would be rosy when they got on stage. Yeah. So they'd take 500, 1,000 or more, actually, I think up to 5,000 5, to go on stage to perform. And uh, a lot of people have taken it a long time. Now, there is some evidence that it waterlogs the tissue over long-term use. That's one of uh, Ray Pete's contentions, I believe. And... Uh, Niacinamide is the one we use in our body, not the niacin version. The niacin version is converted. So there's some evidence, but look at what was it, Hopper? He took tremendous amounts of niacin. Who was it? And I Who? believe he lived into his 80s or 90s. Who? Who took a tremendous amount? Wasn't it, uh, what was his name? I forgot his first name, something like Abraham Hopper. Yeah. He was the guy that did all the research on niacin about uh, schizophrenia that it was a cure for schizophrenia, and he claimed to take huge amounts of it every day, and he lived a long life. So, so if you wanted to... Uh, yeah. a downside for most people. If you wanted to experiment, if I, if I wanted to, uh, with a sauna, what would you start with, just so you don't get too, like, too crazy? What would you start with? How many milligrams? Yeah, probably just uh, 100 or something uh, like that to just begin and then upgrade it. Upgrade it. I used to buy it in 100... Uh, 100 milligram capsules so I could take as many as I want. And I, I just break open the capsules and put them in as needed. How much did uh, you ever... We need a small amount. And there is one downside to niacin. If you use it regularly, your body gets used to it, and it won't work for poison oak and poison ivy and dog bites huh. and snake bites. You have to find another remedy, like battery of a car. Get a shock, it, it uh, neutralizes snake venom, that's a bit extreme because you could die of an electric shock. Gotcha. So I keep my niacin at a minimum so that I can use it later in case I get poison oak all around hmm. where we live. Yeah, uh, I might play with that a little bit and just see. Uh, we're going to do a quick uh, break here. Stay right there. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Our 800 line is open. If you care to call, 888 
86. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm gonna be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. Well, I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> great product. I'm thinking about uh, in my earphone here. I'm thinking about um, kind of juicing up the El Rotori, um yogurt we're doing with the colostrum just you know putting some in there i've been putting some uh, monica honey in there as well because that's a nice uh, um prebiotic as well as the inulin i'm enjoying the the yogurt and uh, so we're just going to keep doing it for a while and you know see what happens if you've not been to uh, um shen blossom on our website go to our website uh, you're going to find so many really Really nice products there that I think you'll you'll be happy that you visit it. Uh, two of my faves are this Arise, which is for uh, things south of the border. Arise, kind of a you get the drift of that. Some very nice, all uh, just uh, little wonderful herbs, right? Wonderful herbs, uh, nothing uh, synthetic, not made in a lab. All herbs, Chinese medicine formula, and very strengthening for kidneys uh, and libido, and just strength and chi and uh, mojo and then this one too you can I, i'd really recommend this this is a mountain detox and they're just a whole bunch of herbs garlic and just all kinds of things uh dandelion root and oh oregano um very small very small um text here and with the lights, it's hard to read it because they don't have any light from outside. A lot of great products called Mountain Detox. Now, you could do this first thing in the morning and do it before you eat. And so you're, you're just helping your body to, you know, to throw out stuff that you don't need. So these are all from uh, Shen Blossom on One Radio Network. I'll show you the little uh, 
They have the little graphic there, the Shenbok. They have uh, mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, ginseng, 50-year-old ginseng. Can you imagine? 50-year-old ginseng. I need to get into that. So check it out. It's on our website, oneradionetwork.com, and any Shen Blossom. We probably have about two links up there. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, we're going to talk to Adam for a little while longer. Is, is that okay, Adam? Because George, oh, yeah, is, George, George is scheduled to come on soon, but let's chat with you while we can. I'd like to get you on here. Um, so, um, let's see. Oh, Cynthia wants to know about digestive enzymes. I'm going to paraphrase here. She made it kind of long. See if you can keep your email short. But she just wants to know about using digestive enzymes. Is it helpful? And do you have to eat raw food to get digestive enzymes? Or you can get them just eating on time? Uh, you get them out of the food on time because all foods have to have enzymes. So that's a case for eating raw food, at least partially during the day, some raw food particularly the ones that are fruits or what they call fruto vegetables. Like a tomato is biologically a, a fruit. Uh-huh. It's loaded with enzymes. It's loaded with sugars. It's loaded with the things that make you healthy. And uh, you want to support the enzyme because most enzymes just get digested in the stomach right away. But there is a part of the stomach on the upper part before the stomach acid bath hits it and things like that it can be absorbed through the lining of the stomach. So there is something to the old thing that live enzymes are important. A a balance of very cooked foods and raw food are important. In fact, uh, ideally, if you can get to the state of getting getting really good food, 80% raw, 20% cooked is ideal. Because the 80% raw though, when I say ideal, it should be cooked by the sun. When a fruit is at its maximum uh, maximum ripeness, it is now thoroughly cooked by the sun. Mm. When you take a vegetable and cook it, you're evolving it from a vegetable into a fruit. That's how it works. So by cooking your vegetables and sometimes eating some raw vegetables for a tonic uh, and then eating raw fruit mostly, you can cook some of it, uh, you basically get a perfect balance of 80-20. So that would be, uh, so what else would you eat raw then? Lettuce, salads, lettuce? Uh, you could have some. Now, Ray Peter's really against lettuce, and he does have a case of it breaking down quickly. He uses the example of put it on your counter, not in the refrigerator, and watch what happens in a right. number of days. Right. The thing is, if a person isn't having uh, at least one bowel movement a day, that can happen. They need three bowel movements a day. And it's very important that they have a morning bowel movement because people mistakenly think that you have peristalsis all day. Peristalsis means an entire movement of the colon, maybe even the rest of the body. Uh, in one transport system, most people have what they call hospital shuttling and and 
propulsion and uh, saccular propulsion. A couple of these little sacks, move it forward, and then move it backward one, move it forward, move it backward, only in one section at a time. But three times a day, if you're lucky, you can empty your entire colon. That's why on a good day, I can have an 18-inch stool. But I haven't done that for a while because I've been too much of a couch potato himself. A healthy person can have an 18-foot stool. You'll find it in the old Bernard Jensen thing. The, the, whole, and, thing, uh, the whole thing just kind of comes out in one package, yeah. One, the whole, everything. And the, the top will be softer because the right side of our body is the water colon and the left side is the motor colon. It it's more liquid on the other side. So a, a stool will be hard at the head of it, right? almost like a sperm or a worm coming out of you, and the back will start to come out more liquidy and soft and fluffy. So then that, that would be a good argument to maybe do a green juice once a day. That would get it done, right? A green juice? You know, it's a strange thing about juices. People think it's more digestible. It's actually less digestible and was proved by William Beaumont back in the 1820s and 1830s. But for recovery, uh, if you're weak in a hospital or something that, then certainly there's something to say for a, uh, a liquid diet because the stomach gets lazy and won't operate and automatically... Uh, you get a better digestion with juices. So occasional juice tonics are very good for us. What kind of vegetables would you... taken by themselves. Yeah, what kind of vegetables would you use for a tonic, say, every now and then? What would you do? Cucumbers? You know, I still... <laughs> Ray Pete is against carrot juice, but I've had really good, good success with uh, carrot juice. If taking it for a long time makes you orange, you're not handling it properly. I agree with Pete then. Then you have a problem. Now, what do doctors say? Oh, that's just natural that you turn orange. It's not. It shows you're not metabolizing it. In fact, you will see people with orange pigment in their iris. That is not good. It means you're not handling it. And the beta carotene not turning into vitamin A becomes toxic in your body. So, but for normal people, if you can drink carrot juice and not turn orange within a few days, I don't see any problem for it. And, and it's very good. You add a little uh, garlic and a little ginger to that juice. I used to do it all the time and never turned orange, no matter how much I took. And what kind of ve uh, green vegetable would you uh, juice up? I think there's a case for uh, wheatgrass juice, but it should be diluted and added with something because anybody who's taken it can feel that when it hits the stomach. The stomach does not like that kind of yeah but uh, yeah intensity. other than wheatgrass though would you what would you juice up i guess uh cucumbers or celery that's a good juice Cel yeah cucumber uh, ce uh celery juice celery juice people have to be careful if the celery juice is attacked by insects it puts out a strong poison and they've had people die drink one glass of celery juice sit down no problem drink one glass of celery juice, go to the gym, drop over dead. They had a fancy name for it at one time, and I actually wrote an article here in the Montecito Journal hmm. when someone was recommending celery juice, that you had to be careful. When people do those type of celery juice fast, first drink a little bit and see if you have a reaction. Most people can handle bee pollen. You'll send other people to the hospital with a teaspoon of bee pollen. 
So do the same with celery and get a celery that, uh, you know, doesn't have all kinds of bug bites on it and things like that, because you're likely to have a toxic reaction. Uh Otherwise, celery is a really good uh, body cleanser. Yes. An energizer. Hmm. Hmm. See, I just cook all my lettuce. I don't do a lot of raw. Maybe I should think about trying to, but I do berries, right? And almonds, that's raw. And berries are raw. Good. Yep. Basically, we're raw in the morning mostly, except our coffee. Sure. (laughs) But uh, everything is raw fruit, uh, raw nuts. Uh, I have 15 soaked almonds, uh, one cashew these days may increase that. Uh, three percent, four pistachios, hmm. uh, a walnut. That's about it now. I would add a, a Brazil nut, but we've only been able to get moldy ones lately for whatever reason. They stopped supplying right. uh, ones either to San Francisco. A good buddy of mine came down to San Francisco, tried these. They were moldy. And uh, Brazil nuts tend to get that uh, some of the more dangerous type of molds that you don't want, like aflatoxin and things sure. like that. So. We're not doing uh, Brazil nuts right now. And pine nuts uh, from China, uh, there's been a problem with those too. Otherwise, I'd do pine nuts. Adam Bergstrom, um, what about we get organic frozen fruit? Is, is that, does that count as raw, or if you freeze it, does that mess it up? It's a yes, no, maybe answer on that. Hmm. If you freeze it yourself, No. It's not raw. Uh, but if you flash freeze it, like bird's eye, it's okay. <laughs> it's a really interesting thing about the speed of the freezing determines it. So most commercial users, they're not going to wait around for it. No, to they're going to flash freeze it, right? Flash freeze it. So, yes. That's good. You can get berries that are flash frozen, and they're riper and fresher than you're going to get them in the supermarket. Yeah, and you can get, uh, uh, I use uh, papaya. Uh, organic peaches frozen so generally those are pretty good it's almost almost as good as raw they're okay when they're commercially done and flash frozen there's you know it's still a little better getting it right out of your garden of course but actually some of those flash frozen ones are better than getting it at the produce counter which it may be lying around for three or four days we're lucky most of the things we buy at the farmer's market they brag about picking it the night before that we get it so we get very fresh uh, products here, but uh, uh, flash frozen foods, okay. I've eaten my share of them. Sure. Uh, a friend on oxygen says he gets enough CO2 from side air. I kind of doubt that his oxygen is better than taking an oxygen carbon mix. What do you think? I'd still go with sugar. <laughs> Just add sugar. Uh, so, now, cider... Cider is actually beneficial for you, though. No, side air, side air. Like the guy, the fellow believes he gets enough carbon dioxide from side air, side air. Oh, hmm. Interesting. I'm not sure what to think about that. <laughs> okay. I just get it from slowing down the breathing, the paper bag breathing, or, uh, or get the carbon dioxide gas itself. You know how it stays to the bottom? They use carbon dioxide gas a lot in stage performances where that gas kind of, they wade through it on the stage. It's carbon dioxide gas. It's uh, heavier. Gotcha. Um, Megan writes in, why are people pushing 
taking vitamin E supplementation with PUFAs and removing them from the body and helping to heal from the years of PUFA overload. What does Adam think of supplementing vitamin E or is it better to take whole food sources? If so, what? Because they mistakenly believe that vitamin E will cure them from PUFA. That's why they take them. But it doesn't do it. No. But, 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 I say that with a caveat. Vitamin E protects you from PUFAs, admittedly. Uh, now, Ray Pete, it might have been on your show, last show he was on, he talked about a lot of vitamin E's are anti-vitamin E. Most of them now, I think he said, are okay nowadays, but they're, they're not anything like the old vitamin D that they used to do because uh, manufacturers want to make it as cheap as possible. So you'll follow all these patents on vitamin E so they can do it faster and quicker and slicker. And it's an approximation. But vitamin E definitely can help your body uh, in, in fighting poopas. It's not going to get rid of any poopas because poopas are like, uh, it's like certain stains in your clothes. No matter, you know, you get these books on stains, this will take this That's out, this will take out. Come out. And there's other stains, uh-uh, you're not getting them out. Lipofuscin is a very, very, very strong uh, stain. The only way you get it out is pluck the entire cell out, which is why you want to rotate your cells and eventually get them out. The trick for getting rid of poopa, stop eating them. Then your cell is going to change. And if you could avoid poopas for an entire four years, your body would mostly have changed out. You know, some parts of your body uh, in your mouth change every day. Some take seven years, some take nine years, some take 11 years, some take 20 years. Hmm. So the most vital parts uh, start to go quickly. Now, you're going to get some poopers no matter what you do, but keeping it below the amount, just like your liver. Your liver can cling toxins. It's no problem. Overload it, though. It's like putting a person to work uh, for as much as he would usually do and say, Okay, Joe is sick. You got to handle his workload. Jane is sick. You got to handle her load. And also Harvey over there, he's sick. So you got to do these four jobs in one day. What's a liver to do? What's a Cry liver out. to do? What's a liver to do? Do you Same think with poopa? The liver will handle a certain amount of poopa. So if you get a little in coconut oil, there's poopa in butter, no problem. But when you overload, so the way to get poopa is minimize it as much as you can or eat foods that have pufa and vitamin E. Now, pistachio has a little bit of pufa, very little omega-3s, but it's loaded with vitamin E. Olive oil has a lot of pufa in it, uh, in, and sometimes up to 11% omega-3s, but it has lots of vitamin E. Hmm. Almonds have almost no pufa, and they have lots of vitamin E. They have a, they have a little bit of omega-6s, almost no omega-3s and lots of uh, uh, vitamin E. But taking a little supplemental one three times a day, a uh, small amount three times a day, can be beneficial. I've got nothing against supplementing with vitamin E. Uh, very, I have good friends that, uh, that sell it. And of, of all the supplements out there, it's one of the best. But hey. it won't cure. <laughs> Let's put it this way. If it cured poopa, you would cure aging. So when you show me a 150-year-old person, then, and they said, 
I found my vitamin A did this to me. I'll believe it. Until then, lipofuscin is aging. I-S, capital letters, is aging. It's the same thing. So if you have a cure for getting rid of lipofuscin, you have a cure for aging. Aubrey de Grey, the aging expert, has talked about it. He wants a drug use. They have drug uses to get rid of lipofuscin, but the cure is more deadly than the disease, the way they want to remove it with drugs, worse drugs than the lipofuscin. And how would one know, before we go, and I have to run because i got to get set up for George, how would, um, how would we know, Adam, people, our listeners around the world here on this 16th February day, how would they know if they had lipofuscin? How would you know? Too much. Well, uh, it's tricky. If you spend time in the sun and you start getting age uh, spots, like a certain health guru, I'm not going to mention his name, that a lot of people I know that has age spots all over his face. Right. Uh, it's not that he his age spots are any worse than the rest of his body. It's because under stress, lipofuscin does not react very well. So if you actually took a laser and cut off all the lipofuscin in your face, you'll still find it in your iris. You'll find it in your heart. You'll find it in your uh, colon causing a brown valve disease, which is really Crohn's disease. You'll get Alzheimer's and all the disease. As soon as you see a person with Alzheimer's, with muscular dystrophy, with muscular sclerosis, uh, sclerosis, with uh, Parkinson's, um, Lou Gehrig's disease, all of those, those are diseases of lipofuscin. So you know then, Alzheimer's, I have lipofuscinosis. But how would then, would our healthy listeners and most of our, because they hang out here, how would they know if they've got but even if they knew they had more lipofuscin than they want, there's no real good way to get rid of it except stop eating omega-3s, correct? Yeah, and and it, you can get rid of it by rotating your cells. It just takes time. In other words, a cell dies, it's full of lipofuscin. One of the reasons it dies, by the way, well, it comes out. You want a certain amount of your cells to die because anabolism building destroys catalyz- catabolism makes metabolism anabolism catabolism right. metabolism but we don't control but we don't control or do we control we control everything i guess of when our cells are dying to rotate and we do that by no stinking thinking and just don't believe in an aging breathing. breathing and particularly you want more oxygenation during the day and you want more carbonization at night that's why you do your bag breathing and your slowest breathing at night when it's the safest from four o'clock in the afternoon to four o'clock in the morning is the best time to do carbon dioxide. And from four in the morning to four o'clock, that's the best time you're safest. If, you, if you're going to get oxygen in the hospital, that's the safest time. Uh, excuse me, from four o'clock in the evening till four o'clock in the morning, that's the, uh, the safest time. For breathing Actually, in a bag. Patrick, let me re- Look, re- let me revise that. Yeah. I said that completely wrong. Okay. <laughs> so let me get it straight. This is the correct one. From ten o'clock in the morning till ten o'clock at night, mm-hmm. with four o'clock in the middle, is is carbon dioxide time. Uh, is oxygen time. From four o'clock uh, in the afternoon to four o'clock in the morning 
is carbon dioxide time. That time I got it right. Okay, so from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m., if you want to do play around with breathing in a bag, getting more carbon dioxide or butraco breathing, that's the time to do it, right? It's the sickest. They killed my own mother by giving her oxygen at 3 in the morning. I ran, they helped restrain me when I said, have her breathe in a paper bag first, then give her the oxygen. She died. She well, was alive while I was there. When the emergency crew got there, they insisted on giving her oxygen and they killed her. Okay, final final so email. Very personal with me. Final email from Lynn. Uh, any ideas for hair loss after panomia last fall? So this lady had a panomia, boogie woogie flu, and then her hair is falling out. I'm still working on that one myself. <laughs> but on hair loss, let me tell you how it's uh, how I've seen it grown with my own eyes. I worked at a I, I worked out with a guy in the gym, and at that time we were selling uh, pickle preservative, polysorbate eighty for hair. And uh, I wasn't convinced that it would, re- would really work. Dirk Person, Sandy Shaw said it would. He said, it's working. Well, I looked at his head. It didn't seem to be changing any. He had about the same baldness ratio that I did. But then six, eight months later, he has some hair. Hmm. And then every time I see him, every five or six months I saw him because I was in and out of town at the time, he has more hair. After four years, he grew back every bit of his hair. Now, he cheated. With the polysorbate 80 in your shampoo, you're supposed to put it on wash it off in 10 minutes he left it on all night but he grew all his hair back so they say that can be an irritant and i was kind of concerned about leaving it all overnight i told my i told some other people about it they said it stopped hair loss didn't grow any back in them but my friend grew it back completely and his wife said yeah he's he didn't have his hair before and and i was there at the gym working out with him and to I saw him in four years grow it back. The trick of growing hair back apparently is a loose scalp. Uh, If you can take your scalp and pull it over your eyes like some people can, you're going to keep your hair. (laughs) So that's one trick. I don't don't think I can do that one. You know, I'm also... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's irritating the scalp. Basically, what pickle preservative does is irritate the scalp. You could put... They sometimes add niacin to the to polysorbate 80 and rub it on. Pavorola, 100% Smirnoff vodka, rub it over your head. It's an irritant. Acupuncture, they have this uh, needles on a stick, basically, 100 needles all over your head. And basically, microscopic bleeding makes hair grow. Anything that irritates it, Ray P. talks about a guy falls in the fireplace, burns his head. Grows a full head of hair. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of cases like that. And uh, I've, I've seen somewhat with gray hair. I had a, a neighbor. She went in for surgery. Snow white hair. Snow white. She comes back where they cut her in a football shape deal. Jet black. Whoa. She said, I look like a marmoset. It stayed jet black. Within a year, it started growing out and turned white again. The mysteries of hair. Uh, are yeah. unfathomable at this point and we're researching because if we can get a cure for baldness or gray hair whoa, whoa you're rocking I, i'm talking big dollars baby <laughs> big dollars i'll invest in that one with you you figure that one out and i'm i'm with you <laughs>
You know, when Dirk Pearson and Sandy Shaw used to be on the Merv Griffin show, he discussed cancer, all kinds of things. The most, the, the highest rating of any show that Merv Griffin ever had is when they discussed baldness. Baldness, yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. man in America tuned into the TV. Well, you know, as Carly Simon said, you're so vain, you probably think this song <laughs> is about you. you know? <laughs> it's there, you know. I, I didn't like the idea of losing my hair either. I used to have it down to my waist. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Down to my waist. Yeah. <laughs> All right, kiddo, we got to run. Thanks. I really love you. Appreciate. It. Well, you know, we did pretty well. Just the internet hung on there, and yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, I just got it something. came on just in time, five minutes before showtime. I'll share this with you. You're Santa Barbara. You're close to Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Yeah, we, we actually are a suburb of Santa Barbara. Ah. but Montecito has ego, <laughs> so it likes to say we're Montecito oh, because we got the money here. Reason we I bring don't have the money, but the other people around us do. But we'd like to get some money. Send us money. Send us buy money. a book at solartiring.com. Reason I mentioned Let it us is buy our center. Because I was told this morning that we were quarterfinalist in the Santa Barbara screenplay competition with our screenplay quarterfinal. So that's something, right? Not finalist, hmm. but we're up there. You know, always something going on here. <laughs> Santa Barbara screenplay competition. We got. We were. Enter to that one. So I'll just keep working on it till I win. So that's what you do, right? You just keep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, kiddo. I love you. Thanks for everything. We'll see you soon. Love you too, Patrick. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Stay out of the rain or stay out of the. <laughs> see you it's soon. sunny today. <laughs> see you soon, brother. Bye. May the blessings be. Uh, Adam Bergstrom, yes, no, maybe. Chronobotic Nutrition, SolarTiming.com. Got to run here. I'm going to get set up for George uh, Wiseman, the hydrogen guy. We're going to talk about health and hydrogen and breathing and drinking the water and uh, getting younger and fun stuff that you can do when you too can breathe hydrogen if you want to. Okay, so uh, take care. We'll be back in about 25 minutes. I'm going to get some, I think I'm going to have, Adam got me all turned on and maybe a few little nuts here to tide me over before we have our main meal of the day about two or three o'clock. So take care. Let me know if we can help with anything. My email address is Patrick at oneradionetwork.com and uh, may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com.